brought to you by Oahu Beach Face Savers, unless someone real wants to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm the other host, Chance. Hey, Cameron. Hello, Chance. How are you doing? I'm tired. I've been sick. You might have heard it in the last episode. I got worse. But now I'm finally feeling better. But it's been a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. You've been around all those kids all day. I can't imagine you uh-huh. uh, keeping well very long. No. I've had so many kids out with the flu. I think I avoided it. Um, they all think they have the coronavirus. Which, every time someone's sick, every time someone sneezes, they have the coronavirus. And I'm like, it's not here. Please stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is a little scary. But the chances of you having it here in America are basically nothing. Especially in Oklahoma at this point. Yeah. Maybe that could change. But To date this episode. I think there's been like 34 cases in America, something like that. Yeah, none in Oklahoma. Yeah. Which I confirm every time they say that they know that it's here. On Valentine's Day, we're recording this a couple weeks after Valentine's Day, I had a date with a girl who just came back from Beijing. Uh, She didn't have coronavirus, though. That's good, because we'd be having a different podcast right now. If she did. Yep, because I would definitely have coronavirus. And this would be a solo show. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm, I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm Sean-like. Sean-like. You're a main character. <laughs> You're here. Yeah. That plot armor. I can't die. So how are you, Chance? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Like I said, had a date on Valentine's Day. That was great. I'm really excited. I feel like we are on the eve of our launch. We're getting closer. We plan to launch this as close to the first as we can. We've just got to get a, a graphic ready for like putting it up places and figure out where we're going to store it. It is pretty exciting. But I mean, I feel like the hard part recording the episodes is done. So I got to do some editing, but I'm pretty excited that we're about to get this out here. It's really cool. It's a good feeling. Yep. It's a good thing just to put something out in the world that you made. Yeah. So I had an idea for something we could do real quick. Something that the listeners at home, if there ever are any. Can play along. Can play along with. Exactly. Um, In Girl Meets World, which we are going to do after Boy Meets World, um, they have a title naming convention for every episode. Girl Meets something. Something uh, like girl meets pilot, girl meets friends, stuff like that. I thought it could be fun if we, because Boy Meets World doesn't really have any naming conventions or anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it's it references be fun. to famous literature or movies and things, but it doesn't really have the same naming convention throughout. Yeah, so I thought each time now. We could rename the episode Boy Meets Something. What is Corey meeting in the episode? Mm-hmm. So we we did that for these two episodes, and we're going to go back and kind of brainstorm what we think Boy Meets What should be in the uh, in the earlier episodes. All right. So fortunately, that's only three other episodes. Yeah, we came into this pretty early. Mm-hmm. So first off, we have the pilot. What was the original title of the pilot? Brother... My Brother's Keeper. My Brother's which Keeper. Which we agreed didn't really make sense. Right. It doesn't really make sense. I mean... I feel like Boy Meets Pilot is the cop-out answer. Uh-huh. Which, let's not pretend we're above that. Yeah, no, we're definitely not above the cop-out answer. But let's at least brainstorm for a second. We don't want to spend too much time on this. I mean, a good base. and But it would probably come up more later. It's like Boy Meets Love. Because that was a big theme throughout. It just wasn't sure <laughs> which kind of love they were talking about. Yeah, we both agreed that the theme of love was confused there. at best. It was present. Uh, Boy Meets Shakespeare? Boy Boy meets badly taught Shakespeare. Boy meets badly taught Shakespeare. Because at this point, we are still pretty convinced Feeney is a bad teacher. <laughs> I think it starts to turn around. We see some turnaround. But maybe boy meets detention. Ooh. He does go to detention. But again, 
not the major point of the episode. Well, there really isn't a major point of the episode, which I feel like maybe why Boy Meets Pilot, but Boy Meets Feeny could be... That also works, because it's where we're introduced to him. They've known each other before, because they're neighbors and he's his teacher, but we're getting to meet Feeny. So I feel like Boy Meets Feeny is good. Yeah, I think Boy Meets Feeny. Um, I feel like a lot of these early episodes are going to be Boy Meets Character, but uh-huh. that's all right. Um, the second episode is the fence episode. I forget what it's uh-huh. called. On the fence. On the fence. A little on the nose. Yep. Uh, it would be a lot louder for me to turn in my notes, so Cameron will be providing the old episode titles. Yes. Um, what do you think for this one? Um, I think it could be like Boy Meets Work. Yeah. Would be a good title because he's starting to work. And not to jump too far ahead, but I don't feel like there's another really work-centric heavy episode that we really see. Yeah, I think that's good. I might say, may add to that and do like Boy Meets Work and Play. Oh, because that's fun. The balance between the two is kind of uh-huh. a point of the episode. Yeah. Boy meets boyhood. No. That's a, no, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. That sounds weird to me. I so, like boy meets work and play. It's a little, little of both. Okay. And then we have episode three, Father Knows Less, where, yeah. you know, Alan can't seem to do things right as he's trying to spend time with his son. So it could be even something as simple as like boy meets dad. Boy meets father. Boy meets dad was... Boy meets dad works. Yeah, it was the one in my head too. Uh-huh. Boy meets Leonard Spinelli. How are you? And then he meets him again. He's met him like 20 times. Boy meets Leonard Spinelli. Boy meets Leonard Spinelli. Boy meets Leonard Spinelli. (laughs) No, I think Boy Meets Dad would be better, even Uh though I love that title. Boy meets Dad, parentheses, Boy meets Leonard Spinelli, etc. Close parentheses. Okay. Okay, we're really getting into this. Maybe ad nauseum. I'm not sure. No, I think, I don't know, etc. works. Boy meets Dad. Boy Meets meets Dead. And then we'll go over what we would title these episodes when we're actually talking about Yes. So we can go ahead and get to them. Our first episode, episode four, is Corey's Alternative Friends. Chance, how about you give us a summary of Corey's Alternative Friends? Uh, Corey wants to straighten his hair because he narcissistically thinks two girls are talking about him. And uh, hilarity ensues. I feel like that's it. That's basically (laughs) it. Um, That's the main driver of it. Um, Good job. Oh, thanks. proud of you. <laughs> so yeah this episode i feel like this episode is really important and i don't know the show works in a way that i feel like it hasn't up to this point like it's not just a lesson machine even though there are lessons mm-hmm. i feel like like everything seems a little more organic in this episode what uh-huh. do you think i think so it definitely it's not like here's the message you should be nice to the to the nerdy kids because you never know someday if you're gonna be one like that's not really what they're going for here yeah it's kind of what happens but it's not it's not the message they're trying to get across it's just sort of there might be a lesson there might not we're just kind of telling a story and having fun with it yeah i definitely think there's an air of of real life and relationships that may have seemed a little more artificial in past episodes yeah all three of them yeah well yeah they're still finding their footing but i feel like this is the first one that really got in my notes this episode really gels uh-huh it really together. does you have a good ensemble in it lots of characters in this one actually yeah but it's really fun to see how it all comes together yeah, and this may be a good, like, uh, later on we know that they stop focusing on the family quite as much. I mean, they're still there and definitely a presence, but it's definitely more Corey and his friends. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the start yeah. of that in a way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's go through what happens in the episode and give our thoughts. All right. So the first scene is, oh, yes, the environmental... Reports. The environmental reports. What class is that for, Cameron? Um, probably science. Science? 
I think it's science. Mr. Feeney seems to teach everything. So science makes sense as you're, maybe you're talking about life science and ecosystems and the environment and kind of disruptors of ecosystems is a big part of that. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense to me that it would be a part of that. Okay. I was just or maybe curious. geography, talking about the weather. Okay. Okay. Sometimes we, you know, Are have an too- impact on that in the environment. I, I don't know. Gia science. from Full House and the blonde girl were talking about algae and lakes. I don't know if that's that's not geography, no. That's, it's science. Yes. Gia from Full House. This episode is filled with a lot of cameos of child actors who are going to appear in some other things. Uh, go so, through them, because I was actually Our first one, we have Gia from Full House. So she's not a major role, but um, kind of Stephanie Tanner's friend. She's one of the two giving the presentation at the very, at the very, beginning. very beginning, before anybody else has even seen. She's up there with another girl who is in a show, I want to say called Hang Time. It was maybe about basketball. I should have written this down. I was looking it up. But she was like a main character on another show. I'm not nearly as big as some of these other other kids. Later in the episode, we see a student or one of the students is Yaya from The Sandlot. This is our second Sandlot feature. See, I didn't realize this. Who is the character who plays Yaya? Um, he's just a friend. Is he like the third friend? Because Corey and Sean seem to always it's have... It's like Corey and Sean with the third friend. Corey and the boy who may or may not be named Sean. We don't know. Wink. Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, there's always a third friend. And so one time it was the guy, kid who played Squints in The Sandlot. Now we have the kid who plays Yaya. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the Sandlot here, kind of their friend. And he has a little bit more of a role um, because at the end of the episode, he has some stuff that he sets too. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that gets him to go sign the position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He does. Nice. <laughs> I was hoping you'd catch that. <laughs> so yeah, he, those two, and then you said there was one more. Um, And then another boy that you see at the table with Yeah, yeah. And the boy who will be Sean, um, he has a major role in the movie The Little Giants. So there's a boy named Spike who moves in in The Little Giants. And he's like this super strong, super mean kid that they're all excited is going to be on their team because they're all terrible. But then he ends up being like, you guys are terrible. I'm not going to play with you. And I don't know what that was. Um, That was your controller disconnecting from your PS4. Cool. Um, who needs it right now? Maybe we'll cut this out. Maybe we won't. I don't know. You know, but um, he plays like the mean kid that plays for the other team. So sort of like the villain yeah. of Little Giants. So it's just kind of fun to see all these little child actors who are going to be going on to other things later. Yeah, he's a bully in this episode too, right? He's pretty, he? he's pretty punkish. Yeah, doesn't he threaten to beat him up or something? Yeah, maybe kill him. You know, <laughs> kids these days in those days. Like you do. Um, yeah, so there's some great cameos in this one. I don't notice these things. I don't know actors as well as Cameron but I'm glad I have him here to do that. I did notice Gia from Full House was uh, the girl in this episode. Mm-hmm. And she comes up a couple more times in the episode. But they're doing their lessons. Corey and Sean come and do theirs um, and do a terrible job. Well, since since we have to do this, first I have to say that there is a death in this episode that we do need to mark. Oh, what is that? Well, this episode marks the death of the boy who might someday be Sean. Because in this episode, he is... <laughs> First referenced as Mr. Hunter, and eventually Corey calls him Sean. So that so bit is over. Our bit is done. We will henceforth be referring to the character played by Ryder Strong as Sean. And yes. only Sean. Maybe Sean Hunter. Yes, yeah, so we know that he is Sean Hunter. Um, of course we knew that beforehand. Anyone who's seen any amount of the show would know that. But I didn't realize how non-present and non... Like, he's really just a sounding board for Corey uh-huh. in the early episodes. This is the first one where he has personality um this is the first one where he gets a name mm-hmm. and spoiler next episode he's not named again yeah he's so i think it's a while probably to like the mid-season episodes that we really get a good arc on sean 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I just didn't realize that going through. And yeah, so I'm happy that Sean has a name. Um, I love Sean, so I'm glad he's... <laughs> he's actually here. He's in the building. Yep. He's so, not just in the opening credits anymore. Yep. He's a person. And Corey and Sean give their report, you were saying. And they do a terrible job. Um, it's hilarious, though. There's sort of a visual gag running through this, which is really just perfect for an audio format, where they pull out their little pointers, and they're pointing to the map saying, Denver, Philadelphia, and slapping it on the map, nowhere near Denver, Philadelphia. And Mr. Feeney's just right there, casually moving their pointers to wherever they're saying they're pointing, because they're not doing a very good job. It's true. Uh, the boys do a great job of using it for emphasis. Um, uh-huh. but They had my attention. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they do a really bad job of knowing where it is. Though, I will give you this. Not a bad thesis. Uh-huh. I mean, the ball slicing to the air thing, not great, but maybe like... But the athletes being able to breathe better, yeah. clearer air. Also, the athletes from Colorado being able to perform better at lower altitudes where there's more oxygen. I don't know. Probably something to it. Yeah, actually, um, there is a uh, college in Colorado called Western, I believe, uh, up in the mountains. It's one of the highest elevation colleges uh, in the nation and like runners will go there um to train so that when they go to lower altitudes they like have an easier time breathing Mm, makes sense yeah so i mean i don't actually think the report's all that bad i kind of think feeney should have maybe tweaked him a little more credit maybe should have been more involved in the planning stages you can't just let them go crazy when kids are doing a presentation you need to like workshop with them give them a little bit of input and some guidance so you're not surprised at the final product yeah yeah definitely um yeah i didn't you know the ball sliced into the air not the best way to take it science but if you would have let them take it somewhere else like you know like you said not a bad idea it's not a bad report. I think Feeney is going a little... Well, he's putting the ho- cart in front of the horse. Is that the saying? I don't know. Sure. Um, but yes, yeah, so they do a bad job and Feeney separates them. <laughs> in the middle of their presentation, he's like, we're in presentation phase, but we're going to switch it up, apparently. And uh, I have I have so many questions about this. Did, did Topanga and Minkus already give their speeches? Had they Were they next? But now they're going to have to wait a little while as they plan again. I don't know. Do you assign projects to people in like phases in school ever maybe maybe like this group has this assignment this week and that group's gonna have it next week that i have not <laughs> maybe that's something i've been missing <laughs> just that missing piece that's gonna really push them over the edge and to really learn is to just remove all stability from yeah. the environment that's probably it you know it's, it's got to be something but yeah more evidence that maybe feeney doesn't have it all together <laughs> at this point his 30 years of education experience are looking pretty shaky um but we <laughs> We do meet Topanga in this scene. Yes, she gets a name. She is a delight. An absolute delight. Just from the first moment, turning around, give me your hand. I need to see if our energies converge. And what I love about it is Corey just does it. Yep. He's like, you're weird. But when she's like, give me your hand. I need to see if our energies converge. He just sticks his hand right out with a confused look on his face. But he just does it. And I love it. <laughs> I do as well. I mean, we were both five or six when the show comes out. But if Topanga told me to do anything, I would have done it too. <laughs> Especially the time when we were really watching it because we were about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little young. 
lot like younger, but still just like, okay, Topanga, whatever you say. Right around there. Um, yeah, it makes no sense that people think of her as weird or a outsider because she is beautiful for a sixth grader. Uh-huh. And we're probably going to leave it right there because it's a little weird of two like 30-year-old men yes. talking about... But That's true. We were young when... Uh-huh, we were young when it came out. Yeah. So, yes, a little weird, but <laughs> all the rage in sixth grade, Topanga, yes. Uh-huh. But we will leave it there. And yeah. For some reason in my notes, I have the phrase, drag him, Mr. Feeney. But I don't know what he did. But Mr. Feeney clearly said something, probably to Corey, that just like, just, just really got me where I live. I don't remember him dragging anyone. He splits him up. He says, uh, I remember. I'll work with Mr. Sullivan. And he's like, no, that would be worse. I don't know why that would be worse. I think we're led to believe that Mr. Hunter and him are friends, but whatever. Uh-huh. Who knows? I remember now. It's when he goes and he's trying to get out of working with Topanga because she's so weird. And he says, he remembers, he knows what it's like to be around somebody weird because he has a little neighbor boy who sings along to his sister's Barney records. That's right. And he's just like, ooh, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> <laughs> Just going for it. No mercy. Was that a threat? Was that blackmail? Maybe. Maybe that's an effective teaching strategy. You know, you got to find your motivation. We're going to get into that in the next episode. You got to find your motivation and you got to go for it. Yep. I mean, yeah. And then uh, he asked him if he going to be swayed. He's like, I'm Gibraltar. So a reference to, I guess, the rock of Gibraltar is... It's like, I'm not moving. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know how that means I'm not moving, but cool. I mean, Gibraltar's a big limestone mountain Mm. that comes out of the sea. That's what I took it to mean anyway. It's like, I will not be swayed. I'm a giant rock. It's true. Uh, The next is a pretty quick scene, but it's Corey and Sean in the cafeteria. Uh The girls say someone is a Brillo head. Yes, and Corey takes it to be him. Which is understandable because of the faces they make when they see him behind them as they say it. Yeah, but he, they're clearly just making those faces because he's... Because he's Corey? Well, because he's eavesdropping. I guess that's true. He's like right over their shoulders. like uh-huh. He's like, mm, this is uncomfortable. But I guess if someone was like right over my shoulder listening to me. I'd be uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. And, like, he definitely thinks they're talking about him before they ever even turn to acknowledge his presence. Mm-hmm. So I I've, I was just like, man, Corey, the narcissism you've got on display right now. Mm-hmm. You're not the only curly-haired guy in the world. But he doesn't take that very well. So he asks Sean, how's my hair? We get a maybe toxically masculine Yeah, line. but... Their relationship turns around in later episodes. And, um, you know, Sean just says, guys don't ask. Um, guys, guys don't, don't ask guys about their hair. Like, that's yeah. not a question that we ask. Guys don't ask other guys that question. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, not much to say here. It's the inciting incident, I suppose, uh-huh. uh, that Corey now wants to straighten his hair. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And then, so Sean says, my sister straightens her hair. I'll get the stuff. We also meet in this scene kind of the weirdo table. Oh, Topanga right. sits and they're trying to get a petition signed to save Mrs. Rosemead's job. Yep. She's like, is maybe the librarian. Yeah, they say she's the she's librarian. She also does study hall. They're forcing her to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought what was funny about the weirdo table, um, just something, a side note that I mentioned, is that it's a guy that wears a cape and a tuxedo shirt. Minkus, who's like your classic nerd. Another guy who's always wearing headphones and a keyboard. He has a keyboard. He doesn't ever talk. And he doesn't ever say anything. And then just two normal looking girls. normal girls, yes. I mean... Maybe they're just very self-confident, but not in a mean way. 
Topanga feels that way. She's very sure of herself, but without putting other people down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe just that confidence makes her seem weird. Yeah, and but it wasn't the joke in the 90s that the nerds never got to talk to girls? Like, I guess that's true. <laughs> But it's like 40% of their group is girls. And, you know, if, if they had, like, bottle glasses or big braces or headgears or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they were definitely not your stereotypical, like, TV nerd, like a, like a Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Where they were just, like, so mean <laughs> to nerds. They really were. I don't, I don't know what it was about, oh, these people are smart, hate them. Yes. But <clears throat> smart people are the worst. We hate them. Yeah, I just thought it was weird. Like, these two girls who look perfectly normal. Well, I mean, Topanga doesn't look perfectly normal. Like, that hair must take literal hours to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, nothing weird about those girls. Maybe uh-huh. Topanga acts a little weird. but Yes, as we will see later. So, we go back home, have a delightful Morgan moment. <laughs> with her dolly, yes. Mm-hmm. With her dolly where she comes and is like, Mommy, what would it be if I put my dolly in the toaster oven? It's like, well, that would be a mistake. And then Morgan just, no hesitation. Mommy, I made a mistake. Yep. Mommy, I made a mistake. And they go. But then they take out the doll and it just like flattened. Uh I feel like if you put it in the toaster oven, like one, it would like blacken and the air would catch fire. Smoke everywhere. Um, It's really the best case scenario for putting a doll in the toaster oven. It is a very funny image though it is they say they'll get her a new one and she just flings it across the Uh room she doesn't care well initially she says she is my dolly and i love her no matter what she looks like and then amy says well they'll get her a new one and she just flings it across the kitchen like okay who needs this old melted doll yep and uh topanga and Corey are in the kitchen uh studying Mm-hmm. Or preparing, preparing their presentation. Preparing their presentation, whatever they're doing. Uh, I'm still not sure what this presentation is, but cool. And Corey says, let's get this done quick. There's a hole. has got a hole in it. Wear a hat. Yeah, Ozone Layer's got a hole in it. Wear a hat. <laughs> he puts on uh, his red Phillies hat. And Topanga is not impressed. <laughs> Nor should she be, honestly. Um, and then she proceeds to give her attempt at the presentation, which is an interpretive dance about the hole in the ozone layer, which leads me to my big question. What is your big question? This is my big question of the episode. If you could do an interpretive dance to an environmental issue, which environmental issue would you choose? Um, that's hilarious. We want you to play along at home with this, but we're going to answer it to, I've got to say, the extinction of bees in North America. That's true. That's yeah. a problem. I mean, it's really not a problem. They're an invasive species. They shouldn't have been here in the first place. But they serve a valuable role now. I mean, it's true. They do. I, it, when people just don't realize that it's not as big a deal as we take it to be because they are an invasive species. But but still, we need we need honey. Honey is very good. Yeah. Also, so, pollination is very good. I would do an interpretive dance about the bee issue and how I want bees, but also they probably shouldn't be here. The bee issue. <laughs> Um, if you take issue with what he just said, you can tweet him about it. Yeah, you can You can definitely tweet me about it. I'm. He's willing to engage. I have no idea. I was going to make <laughs> up a Twitter, but I couldn't. <laughs> um, I would probably, sticking close to that theme, probably something with invasive species. I feel like that would be species. That's a hard word. <laughs> um, 
yes. with invasive species. Just, I feel like that'd be easy to express sort of the panic and anxiety of some species like a zebra mussel moving in and kind of taking over North America's waterways or the lionfish, uh, uh, something like that. My dad actually studied in, he got his PhD in invasive crop species. Ooh. So there's one taking over the Northern Plains called Leafy Spurge that my dad was the head of Team Leafy Spurge. Let's so. get together, me and Chance's dad. We're going to take this thing down one interpretive dance at a time. Well, I have a much more Sean-like relationship with my dad, so That's you, can, true. you can go I'll ahead. I'll try. You can I'll go be ahead. Corey and meddle far too much. Oh, good. But again, that's for later. Oh, good. Well, that's good to know. That's what we would do our interpretive dances on. Uh, yes. So uh, to, if you at home could do an interpretive dance and write a poem about an environmental issue, what would it be? Uh, don't just important. do global warming because I feel like that's too that's easy. The, that's the cop-out answer, just like Boy Meets Pilot. Yeah, do something more specific than that. I did notice an error. Oh, wait. We're not there yet. Uh, but... Yeah, I think we need to finish the kitchen scene because it's actually true. a pretty important scene. It really is. She does her interpretive dance. I'm not really sure what it's about necessarily. I think it's There's... the hole in the ozone layer. You I think? think they're talking about the same thing. Okay. Okay. So you think I they're... feel like the poem mentions hole in the sky. It says donut in the sky, but I always assumed that was... Oh, that's right. Donut in the sky. Is that the hole in the ozone that they're talking about or is that the sun? I don't know. Well, it's poetry, so I guess it's up to the interpretation yes. of the audience. This isn't William Carlos Williams poetry. There's a little... It's not always clear. Yeah. Um, like, so much depends on a red wheelbarrow covered in dew next to the white chickens. There's not a lot of... This is not a reference I get. There. William Carlos Williams, come on. Get a pulse. I, I hope the Venn diagram of our audience... Uh, Everybody likes William Carlos Williams. Well, I will definitely look him up. I feel like we should have memorized Topanga's poem. <laughs> and done the dance. Well, that maybe. would be nothing for you. We could just say, Chance is doing the dance right now. <laughs> Wait, I am right now. Yes. Can't you tell? And then she takes the lipstick, circles her face, and like drags it and across it her face. through it. Yeah, it does a cross through her face. Not sure why. Maybe. Maybe she's a weirder than we're being led to expect. Maybe, yeah, the sun. I don't know. And then they have the talk about how she's weird and Corey's not weird and how he doesn't want to be made fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, driving home the lesson of this episode about whether or not people care about uh-huh. what you think. But organically. Like, yeah, not yeah. in a heavy-handed sort of way, but like two kids kind of talking about stuff. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think the episode ever really takes a side. It really doesn't. I think... Topanga's line at the end when Corey's talking about his hat and how it's important to him like he stood in line for a long time to get it and then Topanga just says if it's important to you then it's beautiful yeah Yeah. and I feel like that is kind of where the episode comes down is to say you know if it's something that's important to you then it's beautiful then it's good yeah then it's good then it's important yeah he that red hat is a plot point I'm going to want to touch on later because yeah Corey uh, waits in line for over an hour at hat day at Uh um, I don't remember Whatever it's called. I don't remember what the same... We're not baseball heads. Sorry. Far from it. Um, Baseballers. I don't know what the fan of a baseball game is, but we're not it. So, yes, we get that, that cap, and then Sean shows up. 
Mm-hmm. Still not named Sean. We just know he's Mr. Hunter, but soon, very soon, he will be named he Sean. He will be coming. Um, he comes and he has the product, and uh, they're very vague for some reason <laughs> to tell Topanga what uh-huh. they're doing. I don't know why. It's going to be pretty obvious, no matter how it goes. Yeah. The next day that he has straightened his hair. And it, I, I really like this scene, actually. Um, something really stood out to me this time. Topanga's very naive. Like, he's like, you know how the dolphins get caught in those little nets? Uh-huh. She's like, yeah. And she thinks he's going to say something like, profound. It has nothing to do with that. And he slams the door. And he slams the door. And it's like, I mean, Topanga up to this point has been portrayed as kind of weird, but also really, really wise and caring. Uh-huh. And now we get a naive side of her. So. so she's already probably the most three-dimensional character. She contains multitudes. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I think she's very three-dimensional. Maybe the only comparison is Corey, but Corey has taken a lot longer to get uh-huh. there. <laughs> yes. So they really... Got her up to speed with Corey pretty fast. So then they apply the um, whatever whatever it is. it is and leave it on about 45 minutes too long, apparently. I did notice an error, which is what I was trying to say earlier. Okay. I feel like when he comes out, he says, it feels like a throbbing jalapenos. My ear feels like a throbbing jalapenos. Like he makes jalapenos plural instead of like, my ear feels like a throbbing jalapeno. Oh, I did not notice and that. And it's just subtle. It's just a little mistake there. Yes. Not really anything. But this is where Sean is finally named. It is the very beginning of this scene. He comes out of the bathroom and just yells, Sean! And talks about it burning. His uh-huh. ear being a throbbing jalapenos, which I didn't get, but... <laughs> it's there. There's an S. You know, I feel like TV didn't actually know how to say the word jalapeno in the early 90s. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably not. Um, but I'm taking an issue with it. So this is when Sean is talking to his sister Stacy, which we will get to in just a Ooh, little bit. Big revelations. Um, but yeah, Sean is talking to his sister Stacy about, or as he calls her, Stace, um, about how they're being an idiot and Corey comes out with really straight, unmoving hair. Mm-hmm. And then he gets razzed by his family. Yes, um, bald is a cue ball. <laughs> both his brother and his dad say the same thing. About if you do that, your hair is all going to fall out. Um, and it's just, it's perfect. It's hilarious. If you, if you, any listeners know at home, could anything actually do that? Could anything make your hair like in 45 minutes, like super straight and unmoving? Like what, what could that even be? I feel like that's uh-huh. a, I feel like that's a fake beauty product that like is a joke in TV. I'm, I'm thinking of an episode of Gilmore Girls where he makes products out of hay, but the FDA like goes where Kirk, uh, one of the characters in Gilmore Girls makes a product out of hay and the he FDA would. like, he would do that goes after it and uh, classifies it as toxic. <laughs> um, I feel like it's that kind of thing. I mean, uh-huh. Just like a funny sort of thing, but not a real yeah, there, thing. I, I just can't imagine that being real. Um, you'll also notice in this episode, starting here, I feel like every scene, Corey has more hair. It's true, it just grows. <laughs> so not only is it a straightening solution, it is also a growth tonic. Yeah, because... So whatever it is, clearly they can make millions Millions. If they marketed this well. Because Corey's curly hair definitely could not straighten to that long. And then in the next episode, like he's got like these just... bangs. Well, even before that, he's got these bangs that like... Fit to his hat, and then he curls it. Yeah. And, and it's w- just like growing like a Bride of Frankenstein almost. Yeah. I mean, he just keeps having more hair. I mean, <laughs> that boy's hair must be densely packed. It must be. Densely Brillo packed. head, maybe not a bad 
<laughs> Bad comparison. He's got like 10 pounds of hair packed into yeah. a very small space. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of inciting incident. Corey doesn't want to go because now he's going to be weird and embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So he goes to school. His hat gets... does not hide it very well, no. but he tries to hide it with his hat. Uh-huh. Mr. Feeney tells him to take it off. He says, Mr. Feeney has some humanity. Or Mr. Feeney again hits me where I live. Too many years of sixth graders have bled me of my humanity. <laughs> I've only had three years of fifth graders. And I feel similar. You feel like, well, maybe it's an exponential thing and sixth graders have a little bit more humanity. Sixth graders have a little more sense. And so that could could be it. Um, I actually wrote, does Cam have any humanity left? I think I still have some. This is where we start getting something that I, well, actually, no, because we're still in the classroom. Um, So everyone laughs at him when he takes off the hat. And I guess he and Topanga do their presentation? Who knows which one they do? Yeah, I got nothing. I'm guessing based on what they did, and there's no hats in class, that uh, they went with the interpretive dance. I really hope they did. But Topanga also doesn't have lipstick all over her face later. Yeah, she could wash it off. I don't really know if they did what their project ended up being. I guess it doesn't matter. The important thing is he was embarrassed in front of class. Yes. Um, and then they are in the cafeteria. And his friends tell him to come over, but they're laughing at him, so he doesn't want to sit with them. Mm-hmm. So he goes and sits with his alternative friends. Yep, which is the um, title of the show. Which, again, don't seem that strange, really. I mean, the cape boy and the key keyboard boy are pretty strange keyboard boy seems cool (laughs) if there's a kid who's in sixth grade making his own music got his own setup and equipment maybe it's not good maybe he's bad at it but he seems like a cool guy i'd want to get to know i like to think he's just playing mary has a little lamb over and over and over again (laughs) someone's like there he is again (laughs) playing that same song hot cross buns no thank you yeah yeah. Um, again, we have the three weird boys, I guess, and the two very normal girls. Very normal girls. Um, Just as delightful girls. And then this is where we get something in this episode that we definitely haven't had in the previous three. And it's not something I think of when I think of Boy Meets World. But man, do they start dropping some pop culture references? Like, he's like, you don't know what these kids watch after school. And they're like, Connie Chum? Crossfire? I like anything with Angela Lansbury. Yeah, so... Which I guess is Murder, She Wrote. Beauty and the Beast. Wow. She's Mrs. Potts of Beauty and the Beast. That's all I know about her. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that much about her. Uh, and then he drops uh, the first Beavis and Butthead reference, which the laugh track. They cheer. They love it. Which I think really dates the show because that being popular, I think it has kind of not stood up to the test of time right. as a show in terms of its kind of treatment of people. Yeah. But, and I, I feel like it was always sixth grade humor. Uh-huh. Like... That kind of humor was really funny when we were in sixth grade, but then it kind of... We're like, actually, this is dumb. Yeah, it's really dumb humor. Um, So they make that reference. Um, And I feel like there's quite a few pop culture references in this. I didn't write them down, and I really shouldn't. They're like, look, it's Don King when his hair's all puffy. Yep, look, it's Don King. Um, Yeah, just very, very referency. I mentioned Gilmore Girls earlier, but like... You know, that show is famous for its pop culture references. And I don't think of Boy Meets World as... Yeah, it's not really what I go to. Yeah, but they're sure dropping them here. Um, and Corey, since he has no other friends, apparently, he's going to help them mm-hmm. save the life. They've accepted him when he was at his lowest. Yes. Which, I don't know that his other friends 
hadn't. Well, but... they didn't razz him. Well, did they? No. No, they didn't because they've been made fun of. They're like, we're not going to do that to you. We're not going to do you like that, Corey. Which is good of them. It is good of them. It is good. They Actually, they're probably the coolest group of, of people in there. I would hang out with them. They seem to have uh, They seem to have the most interests. Um, this coming from someone who doesn't like to talk to base, about baseball or basketball or football. So. Uh, or have the knowledge to do so. Yeah, so I would definitely go sit with a kid who's playing hot cross buns all day. <laughs> and the kid wearing a cape who insists he's not wearing a cape. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were trying to say with that joke, but... Yeah, but it was funny. It was Yeah, it was good. I had a good laugh. Um, that, I mean, okay. that's so they, episode... They work together to save her job. Yeah, they, uh... Form a human chain, blocking everyone from leaving school on Friday. Oh, we forgot... We, this isn't really all that important, but Eric takes the Polaroid of Corey... Oh, yes. ...as blackmail. That was kind of funny. Fun uh-huh. brother thing. Corey has even more hair in that scene. Yes, even it's more, just growing and growing. Even more hair in this next one. Um, and then they're... They show up to school. Now, this is my question. This is... Probably the most inconsistent thing in the episode that I can possibly think of. They're waiting in the hallway. And they're like, Corey's not going to show up. We should have known that a normal guy wouldn't show up for us. And we don't know what they have planned at this point. We just know it's something to save this woman's job. And Corey comes out with his big hair and they all laugh at him. Uh-huh. <laughs> they all laugh <laughs> at him. To be fair. Oh, well, it, and that's not the question. I mean, everyone would laugh at him at that point. And then they handcuff themselves together to block the hall because the day is ending. They all need to get to the bus. Uh-huh. Where has Corey been all day? Has no one seen him <laughs> this is the end of the day yeah what's he been up to how do they just see him did like they're like it's the weekend we've got to go we're gonna miss the bus well i am part pretty convinced that there's not very many teachers at this school because again this is another instance if you've never been at an elementary school and it's like dismissal time that is like fine-tuned you've got your teachers posted up getting kids where they're supposed to go kids forming a human chain in handcuffs is gonna be a big deal and you're going to shut that down. Interesting. I I always felt like dismissals worked a lot like this in my Just in like, my go school. for it, kids? Yeah. Well, maybe that was the 90s. These days, it's like, I take my kids. They're dropping these kids off here and these kids to their buses. And I check them out with the person monitoring the bus so that they can all make it to where they need to go. Oh, no. Just, we always just took a, off. It's a system. But just like in the cafeteria with the water war, nobody seems to be supervising these kids. Mr. Feeney is the only faculty member there. And that one woman that he hits on. Yeah. And apparently Mrs. Rosemead. Yes. But... She's pretty easy to get things, get away with things with her. But no, really, where has Corey been? Did he just show up for the end of the day to make this human chain? Did Was his hair so bad that his parents actually let him skip this time? <laughs> like, how has no one that we know that the boy who says it's Don King is in class with Corey? Mm-hmm. How has he not seen him today? Yeah, they, would have, they, they should have seen him. Where is everybody? I just thought it was such a strange, such a strange moment. Um, like, we, Topanga sits right in front of him in class. Mm-hmm. Like... Everybody would have seen this. And where's Sean? Maybe he doesn't take the bus. Maybe maybe Sean doesn't take the bus. I have no idea. Sean wasn't there. Okay, but they're successful. They get the kids to go sign the petition. Then still chained up, the other four alternative friends walk away together, leaving Corey and Topanga. Which, uh, another question is why, but whatever. Yeah, not... It's movie magic. Yeah, there, there's no like. It's not like the other ones think Topanga and Corey look cute together or something, uh-huh. so they chain it together. They yeah. just kind of leave. Yeah, they just, but very carefully walking backwards, still handcuffs together. Yep, that's I, true. I don't know why. Um, but then we get the scene, which we'll be coming back to many times over. 
throughout the series where Topanga kisses Corey. Shoves him against shoves the locker. Shoves him against the locker and plants one on him. Yep, which uh, it's a great scene. It's a and great if his moment. hair hadn't already been all sticking up like Don King, it would have after that. Yeah, I mean, and she, I mean, she takes charge. It's it's pretty great. But for a woman in the 90s, in a show especially, like just shoving uh-huh. him against that locker and just laying one on him. Smooching him good. I smooch him with my brother. I feel like we're going to see in this show, and I could end up being wrong. This is the first time we're really taking a critical comb to it. But I feel like we're going to constantly come back to Topanga being um, a lot, a very forward woman. Not uh-huh. not forward as in like she's forward, but like like future forward. Mm-hmm. Like she's very much more of a woman of now than uh-huh. she was a woman. She was a woman of the nineties. Yeah, I didn't say that well, but you guys know what I mean. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, <clears throat> I um, think I do. Yeah, because when she does that, it's a great scene. His face is marvelous. Um, he really shows some great acting chops uh-huh. with keeping that face. You didn't see my face because, again, audio format, but I made the face. Oh, yeah. I did it perfectly, too. It, it, it Chance was is like, crying right now. It was like Ben Savage coming to life. I did it again. <laughs> he did. It's so great. <laughs> um, and that, I think that's where the episode ends, right? That's where it ends. It ends right there. We do have a scene where they're sitting in the cafeteria, kind of back to back. Corey oh. goes back to his old friends, and Topanga takes out the red Phillies cap. Yes, I have that in my later notes, because where did she get that hat? Did Corey give it to her? Did she go wait an hour at cap day? Maybe she just bought one at the store like a normal person. But aren't we led to believe it's a really rare cap that no one else in school has, because you could only get it? By waiting an hour at hat day? Oh, maybe. Maybe she stole it. I like to think, because Corey doesn't actually wear hats much in the series, I like to think he gave it to her. Maybe she took it when he got it taken away by Mr. Feeney. Oh. Like he took it off at school. Maybe she somehow ended up with it. Ooh. And that's the moment where we see it again. I would love to see the scene where Topanga, like, Mission Impossible's into Feeney's office to get the hat mm-hmm. out of his desk. That's the one. That's the money <laughs> scene right there. Um. Yes. So it's a very cute one where he goes and sits with her his old friends but he's back to back with Topanga and she takes out the hat and puts it on and they've got like understanding mm-hmm. um, which again we see that scene several times throughout the sh- series I think like anytime there's like a clip of this relationship oh. starting this is one of the things it's the kiss and this scene yeah and the interpretive dance like that comes up a lot yeah there's a lot of future stuff which we're not going to get into but there's a lot of stuff that will come back later on i mean it's the introduction of topanga we know she's a very important character for the series so you know you gotta expect that you kind of expect there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. and topanga is just great she is a mm-hmm. delight mvp of the episode. mvp easily yeah definitely mvp of the episode no one else even kind of comes close um let's give our ratings all right you go so ahead looking go over at your notes, I think I went a little lower than you, which is weird. It's shaking things up. Um, I think this is a great episode. It is a delight, but I think I just put it at about a 7.5. Um, it's good. It's better than average, but I don't think it's that stellar episode. Like It has really good moments, but it's not like I just love it and think everything was great. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, but I think this episode just feels good to watch. Like, I feel like everything is firing just the way it should. I feel like Sean's finally got a personality. Um, it, he doesn't keep it for the next episode. I would almost <laughs> bet that these episodes were aired out of order. Uh, probably so. Um, but I think Sean finally has a personality. I think Topanga is a great addition. Yeah, I wish we could have a little more Minkus. Um, but we still get some good moments from him. We have the good moments from... Uh, we have the good moment from Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents are not used as a plot point in this one. They're used as 
kind of just uh-huh. side characters. Yeah. Um, and Eric as well. And Eric as well. And I just think it, it just works together so well that I, I was actually surprised by how engaged I was from watching this episode compared to all the others. Um, I just thought things were firing well. I thought all the stuff with Topanga was super sweet. Um, definitely like first love uh, forming stuff. So I'm giving this episode an 8.5. Um, the highest rating I've given so far. Um, I just think, yeah, I just think this episode gels. I think mm-hmm. it works I think together. you're right. I'm sticking with my score. Well, you go ahead and stick with your score. Okay, so that brings to an average of an 8 for this one. 7.5 and 8.5. Now it is on par with uh, On the Fence. Yes. Which is also great. I am writing it down. All right. right. What do you think the alternative title should be? Alternative title should be Boy Meets... I don't know. I mean, I think the obvious one would be Boy Meets Alternative Friends. Uh, it makes sense. It would And it be. keeps with the original title. Let's us know something's up with... I like Boy Meets Topanga. Boy Meets Topanga. I was just about to say that. Because yeah. this is where she comes in. She's obviously a major player throughout the rest of the show. Though we could also call it Boy Meets Sean. Because Sean finally gets named. <laughs> the most important moment of this is Sean getting named. It's Let's true. all be honest. Topanga Shmapanga. Yeah. Um, what, what should we go with? I think Boy Meets Topanga. Boy Meets Topanga. Boy Meets yeah. a Girl. Uh, nah, no, yeah. that's not, that's, Boy Meets Topanga. Boy Meets Topanga. I think Topanga. it's the right one. Okay. Um, and we have a few things for the timeline. Yes. That come up. First thing, Sean has a sister. Named Stacy. Stacy. Stacy is the name of his sister. And also we get Topanga's parents. They get they, they get named. We have Jedediah and Chloe are the yeah. names of her parents. I guess they're hippies and that's what she hippies calls them. Hippies are named. Yeah, she calls them their names. So she some, calls them Jedediah and Chloe. At some point in this podcast, we will just sit down and analyze the belief structure of what exactly is Topanga because I have no idea. It's like generalized hippie, but right now we'll save that. But mm-hmm. Jedediah and Chloe. And then uh, Corey and Topanga have their first kiss in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I think 1993. Yep, 1993 in sixth grade. Corey and Topanga have their first kiss. That's going to be important for the timeline did you have something else for the timeline not from this episode okay that's something from the next episode okay but yes so for this episode tell us what you would do an interpretive dance to what environmental issue yes there's many to choose from save the earth um so we'll move on i just forgot to mention that apparently the laugh track found it hilarious when minkus offers tofu that's (laughs) apparently that's that's, that's the whole joke would you like some tofu (laughs) (laughs) tofu what a nerd. <laughs> yeah, apparently the last Again, just like thinks. just like Topanga, he's just a forward thinker. Yeah. These days, tofu, yes, please. Give me that soybean curd. I mean, all it does is absorb the flavor of the stuff around yeah, it. Yeah, you can make tofu taste like whatever you want. Yeah, tofu's great. Guys, go home, eat some tofu. We are pro-tofu. Pro-tofu. Send, send us your tofu references. Or recipes. Uh, recipes. And references. Whatever that means. Research-based tofu recipes. We need references. Okay, so our next episode... Episode 105, Killer B. All right. So I got the summary of this one? Yep. All right. So it is time for the annual geography tournament or geography B. And Minkus is selected to represent Mr. Feeney's class. Uh, no, 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 no. Minkus. Minkus. Is it Minkus? Yes. Minkus is selected. Minkus, Minkus, Minkus is accepted and chosen to represent the class with the prize being being the Bat Boy at the first game of the World Series, which is a wild prize. 
I'm editorializing. I'm so sorry. This is just the summary. But Corey obviously wants to do this and ends up convincing Minkus to give up his spot so that he can take it and then convince Mr. Feeney to let him compete in the Geography B. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good summary. I'm so sorry that I violated the sacred oath of summarizer by editorializing. Yeah, I editorialized too by adding the Minkus. Is it it Minkus? Minkus! Uh, That joke is told three times in this episode. Mr. Feeney tells it once. Yep, and each time it is a just a delight. delight. Okay, so I gotta say, again, the case against Mr. Feeney is building. Because for the second time in five episodes, he's violating FERPA, announcing (laughs) students' grades to the class. Yep. You can't do that. And that was around back then. Well, does he do it? I mean, Corey announces it. Corey says his grade, but he goes around saying... Excellent job. Oh, oh, this is bad. This is very bad, Corey. <laughs> yeah. You know, this whole point, though, I'm actually kind of on Corey's side. If you give him a book to study with, and it's got East and West Germany in it, uh-huh. like, I'm kind of on Corey's side here. Like, that's not really his yeah, fault. Yeah, I definitely wrote that. Old textbooks are always a problem, as I think we've said before, and you might know us. If you're listening. But we're in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's not got the best track record for its education system. And even just a few years ago in the midst of the teacher walkout, a big sticking point was we have textbooks older than our students trying to teach them history. So it's, but it's like nothing that's happened since they've been alive is even in it. So that's a problem. Um, And we see that here that it's still listed as a problem that they're experiencing then too. Yeah. The, Even in a seemingly well-funded school. Well, I mean, it only a has more affluent, one teacher. A more affluent type of school, yes. But they only have one teacher, so <laughs> maybe not that great. Yeah, I just thought it was so bizarre. Like, how can you really, like, fault him? Like, if he missed the day where you talked about East and West Germany not actually being that way anymore, like, and he just he had did to study read the, the book. book. He like, did read the book. But he also said he made him copies. We said mimeographs, which is an old term for a copy. Yeah. We don't... We just have copies now. But he made him copies of stuff, so clearly wasn't he was throwing his hand out to like paper airplanes. So there's a little bit on both sides, but Mr. Feeney's still calling out kids' grades in class. Not okay. Yeah. I, I have one more question in this scene. Uh-huh. That plaque that Mr. Feeney is putting his Geography B awards on, because he has won the last five years, mm-hmm. and he expects Minkus to bring home number six. It's only got six spots on it. Does he plan to only do this six times? Apparently. Maybe. See how this one goes. Maybe there's a little prize money in it for the winner. He'll get some new textbooks and get a bigger plaque spot in his room. Okay, okay. Yeah, definitely he's go. He's shooting for that seventh plaque spot. Yeah, once you get that, that big plaque money coming in. I just thought it was so funny. Like, you have this perfect thing for the geography bee, but there's only six spots on it. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you can only you put just use the, the space you have. So I was wondering, is he going to get, like, barred from participating after this year? <laughs> is this the only shot he's got? He will never <clears throat> And apparently, maybe he will be, based on how Corey performs at the uh, Geography Bee. Um, I've got a note here that just says, I already missed Topanga. Uh-huh. So. Where is she? Is she even there? No, she is not in this She's episode not there. At all. Also, this is unrelated, but I remember when I was in fifth grade, I was in a Geography Bee. Really? Our school had a Geography Bee as part of like National Geographic. I got second place, lost to an eighth grader. Um, That's not fair. Hey, I still did really well. You did. I was very proud. My teachers were very proud. First loser, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> never competed again. I don't know why we didn't ever do it again. They probably knew that I would just win it, so they just said. Well, they only had one black spot on the wall. So. Yeah, another kid got it. 
Rats. Thanks a lot, Bradley. Um, well, how was your geography bee experience? It was fine. You know, there's sort of like a spelling bee, but good. Uh, just so you all know, I have a actual factual degree in geography, and I couldn't have answered most of those geography bee questions. So <laughs> They're very good. Also, I have to say, a Mercator projection map? Why on earth would you want a Mercator projection? I don't know what It's that not good. Is. The Mercator projection shows, like, Greenland way too big and Africa way too small. It's not a good projection of a map. I didn't even know that. It's just something. And this is what a second place winner of a geography bee knows, Chance. Yeah, and my geography degree is... sucks! My geography degree is trash. Throw it on the ground. Apparently, if you don't know what a Mercator projection map is... No, we used mostly digital maps. I can tell you... Oh, look at me. I've got a fancy digital map. (laughs) That's pretty cool, actually. (laughs) So, yes, I could not have answered most of these questions. More of a Robinson projection man myself. Look up Robinson projection maps. I will. Um, (laughs) That's what what Minkus wants. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy his being let down by the by the Bat Boy prize. Uh-huh. Like, He's just oh. like, oh. And I just wrote down. I guess Minkus doesn't sport. No, <laughs> boy, close to my heart. Yeah, it's weird. Like we don't sport either. But like I'm not like oh, that'd like, still be pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that'd still be exciting. Yeah, like, I don't follow baseball, but being a Bat Boy would be pretty cool. Seems like a cool gig. All right. All right, and then uh, Corey gets the revelation that he wants the prize uh-huh. um, because he wants to be the Bat Boy. I guess he has dreams of... This is how he's going to make it. Yeah, this is how he's going <clears> to <throat> make it, whatever. Uh, Rookie so, of the Year style. So they decide that they have to convince Minkus not to be In the it. Bat Boy. Not to be or, the Geography B contestant. So Corey can do it. Um, yes, and we also see Corey starting to suck up. He's taking Mr. Feeney's advice from the first episode to learn from the astronauts and suck up. That, that is that is very true. That's a good point. They they should have maybe made a callback to that themselves, but we can do it for them. But we them. did it for them. It only took him four episodes to learn. Um, this next scene is very funny, uh-huh. where they have Minkus basically prisoner uh-huh. as they bring as they uh, bring him into the house. Mm-hmm. Well, even before that, we have the setup of going to the Aerosmith concert. Eric's going to a concert and his parents are going to go to the same concert. How terrible. But it sets up for some pretty funny stuff later. Dude, if my parents had ever been like, oh, I've got Aerosmith tickets, I'll get you better ones. I'd been like, yes, please. (laughs) All right. My parents are going to buy me concert tickets. Yeah, we always went to like the Baptist Symphony Orchestra. Nobody cares where you sit at the Baptist Symphony Orchestra. My dad was in it, to be fair. But, you know, you're not like, give me those front row tickets to see the singing churchmen of Oklahoma. Uh, I was in in college when I went to my first concert, so I don't have much to say. It was an outdoor Hanson concert, so. That's pretty cool, though. It's very 90s, um, though I have stayed a Hanson fan. We can talk about this in my Hanson podcast, but. We call it. Pod. We, pod. Don't, we don't have it. There's no name. It's pod. Clearly we're not very... Oh, Chance is clever. I'm not. Um, but yes, mm. so they're going uh, to the same concert. They're going to see Aerosmith. I wrote down, and this is actually true, rock music was a really bleak time in the early 90s for, like, white people. Like, R&B was kind of king at the time. You had Boys to Men. They were doing great. Mm-hmm. Salt and Peppa, Blackstreet. You had all of those people doing real great stuff. But, like, who was doing anything, like, that's 
started recently in the 90s. I mean, you had Nirvana, but I kind of hate Nirvana. Yeah, and they were very almost regional. Uh, yeah. Not really, but they, they were nationally acclaimed, but it was still a very specific. It didn't have the widespread acclaim of a lot of rock groups from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, like Aerosmith, Clapton, like they say. Although the early 90s was not a good time to go to a Clapton concert. That's another story for another time. But yeah, they didn't have those like big names like for a very white show like this to pick like a cool band uh-huh. you really had to go back from to the 60s yeah, plus if it's something his parents were into yeah like, that makes sense i'm just saying like what would eric have gone to see as an alternative that like his parents wouldn't have been into like this was the age of vanilla ice for crying out loud Ooh, rough well i'm glad to see he didn't go see that yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's just nothing. Mark Cohen was pretty big at the time, walking in Memphis. Maybe something there. <laughs> Michael Bolton was just kind of going out of vogue. Yeah, I don't feel like any of these scream Eric to me. Yeah. But Aerosmith also doesn't scream Eric to me. Well, it's just a cool band. Uh-huh. Like, they're just trying to pick you a cool You need to go to your band. first concert, go see a cool band, bought the tickets yourself. Dream on. I'm always here for Dream on. Uh, just so you guys know, I did say I really don't like Nirvana. love the Foo Fighters. I just think Kurt Cobain was the problem. Anyway, that's for our music podcast. Yikes. We call it music podcast. Sure. We don't call it anything. Mm pod. <laughs> Apparently. Mm-pod. It can be uh, all the music. No, that's just my handsome podcast. Okay. So we'll come up with another thing for the music just, podcast. Just you wait. I don't know why I have decided to make this joke about starting other podcasts, but here we are. We have to replace the boy who will be known as Sean someday joke. It's true. Which is really grasping for something during this hard time. So yeah, they're having that argument. Uh-huh. Um, Morgan is a delight in the scene. I don't really know one specific thing she says that's delightful. She's like chucking the bad grocery she doesn't like into the trash while her mom's not looking. <laughs> yeah, she chucks the broccoli into the trash. And the liver. She hi- uses the broccoli to hide the liver. <laughs> yep. Uh, yes. Which again, liver? Gross. Yeah, who is that? Don't blame her. Um, so that, uh, Morgan does that, and then the boys come in. Uh, basically kidnapping Minkus, and his parents. Of course, his parents are fine with it. They're uh-huh. cool. No big deal. I don't think they ever call his mom. He's saying, "Please call my mother. This is our number. Please, please call my mother. I'm in danger." They don't. Now, for all of our younger listeners, the book that Mink. They're the only Minkus in the book. That's a phone book. Yes, it is a, a archaic tome with phone numbers in it. Very handy if you had the right one. Yeah. You know, personal phone numbers are a lot more complicated now, though. Like, we can't... Yeah, because they could change at any time, depending on... And we don't, like, put them in a book anywhere. Like, I can't... There's no place where I can just be like, what's Cameron Liner's phone number? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you either. It's 555-5555. Nailed it. Um, The old TV phone number. Um, Anyway, so... And they kidnap him, and his parents think it's adorable, I guess. Uh-huh. So they're doing their best to get Minkus to give it up. There's a joke that I laughed out loud, watching by myself, laughed out loud, where they're saying, do you like when people do this to you? Do you like when people do that to you? He's like, no. No, like, do you like when people give you wedgies? He's like, it's not so bad. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yes, yes, that's pretty great. Um... Apparently, it's still early in the year. Still time for Minkus to change his image. He doesn't mind wedgies. um, But the thing he hates is when they play Bombardment, getting the ball thrown at his head. head. And Bombardment is a variant dodgeball setup okay. so it sounds very violent it's it's basically dodgeball you have your two teams with your balls and there's kind of a neutral zone in the middle and if you're in the neutral zone and you get hit you're out but then if you catch the ball you know you can come back in but it's just kind of a variant of dodgeball with a neutral zone in the middle okay 
Okay. Um, yeah, and he doesn't like getting the ball thrown at his head, um, but they agree to stop throwing it at his head if he will become a normal person uh-huh. and not do the geography beat. And so he does that. He goes to Mr. Feeney and quits, says he wants to be Stuart Minkus, regular guy, and Mr. Feeney tries to convince him. Seems like he's going to get him trapped in. Mr. Er, Minkus even says, like, carpe diem, Mr. Feeney. But then... Uh, I so love the way he says that. He goes, carpe diem, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> it's very, like, sing-songy almost. Uh-huh. And it's pretty delightful. It's like he can't not respect his teacher yep. in that moment. And I love when he catches him. There's very little of substance in this, but there's a few just funny jokes where he catches him trying to get him back into geography, and he goes, that isn't ain't going to work. <laughs> he, like, stutters on the uh-huh. ain't like there it isn't... was hard for him to say. Ain't? Going to work. One of those kids. We all know him. And so then... What is next? Is Corey it... gets Mr. Feeney to teach him to help him out. And he makes right. a good point. He's like, I can learn anything when I'm interested in it. Which is so true. There's When there's a motivation, that's what's going to help. Whether that's Mr. Feeney blackmailing you over your singing to your sister's Barney records. Or whether that's... He's interested because he wants the reward. But he's like, teach me. How many, how many times have you ever heard me say... That I'm willing to let you teach me something. Yeah. So Mr. Feeney takes him up on it. He's like, I've never heard you say those words in that exact order. Yep. That's and very so, true. So he takes him up on it. This accurate. This episode is actually pretty accurate with the information Corey learns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the highest and lowest points, Death Valley, and I Mount forget Whitney. what the mountain is. Is it Mount Whitney? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right. th- fifty that's, miles apart from each other. That's all very true. I find that extraordinary. Although the highest point in America is actually in Alaska, but the continental United States. But as we already know, that's not part of the U.S. in their history books. So <laughs> it's not. That's true. That's true. And he might be studying his textbook. But yes, the in the continental United States, Mount mm-hmm. Whitney is the uh, highest mountain, followed yes. by uh, the mountain range in Colorado that Pike Peaks, Pikes Peak is in and all uh-huh. that. forget what the actual mountain is called. Thank you, geographer. Um, yes, this isn't even, this isn't the kind of Look stuff you Look at him flexing. Look at him flexing over here. This isn't the kind of stuff you learn in high-level geography. It's really a lot more focused on regions and people groups than it is <laughs> this mountain no, is no. this thing. This is all that it is. Oh, okay. The Sunshine State, Chance. Uh, California. What about the Buckeye State? Ohio. Thank you. <laughs> He's He knows it, ladies uh, and gentlemen. He has a degree. I know the Big Sky State is Montana because I used to live there. The Sooner State, Oklahoma. Never understood why that's our thing. I don't know why we want to pick that one. That's, again... <laughs> For another time. That's for our Oklahoma podcast. Podlahoma. Oh, that was good. I know. I have, I'm proud. Uh, Pop Pod is my music podcast. I just decided. <laughs> Makes me think of Pop Pie. That was kind of what I was going for. I love Pop Pie, though, so it works. <laughs> um, yes. So he's learning a whole bunch of things. He's learning about the Sandwich Islands. The Earl of Sandwich did not invent peanut butter and jelly. He actually invented basically a ham sandwich, but that's okay. So wasn't he playing cards, and he wanted a way to eat without getting his fingers greasy? So he put bread and meat together. But I love this exchange with Mr. Feeney as he's talking through all of this. And Mr. Feeney's like, that's amazing. You don't suppose. You don't suppose. The same guy invented the sandwich. And he's just like leading him because I 
really believe we learn the best when we come to the conclusions ourselves mm -hmm. versus being told something. And that's just kind of true for anything. And Mr. Feeney is showing maybe he is a good teacher. And we're seeing that here because he's like letting Corey be excited about something, letting him express that and say the things that he's learned. And as he's trying to draw out that information, he's kind of maybe playing dumb just so that Corey can, can show it and be excited. And it's enjoy that with him after he expresses the knowledge that he's gained. Yeah, yeah, it's a good... I love it. Yeah, it's a great scene. Um, they are, have great chemistry. Uh, Feeney takes his first step forward as a teacher. Mm -hmm. 30 years it's taken him, but he's finally getting there. I don't think this absolves him of all of the bad teaching we've seen so far. Yeah. But it is a great moment. He does, like you said, lead him to a conclusion. That the he comes scales are tipping back into balance. Sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he learns and shows up the geography to be where everyone is getting a massage. Uh -huh. This is the funniest ep moment in the entire episode, in my opinion. Uh huh. Where so everybody there is getting their shoulders massaged by their coaches, and Mr. Feeney says, "Do you are your shoulders tense?" Which Corey says, uh, "Yeah, yeah, they are." And so Mr. Feeney, in a great moment of visual comedy, says, well, and I suggest you do like this, and starts, like, rolling his shoulders. And just, like, this really funny moment of just, like, I'm not going to rub your shoulders. Don't think we've come that far. Yeah, and there's something about Mr. Feeney doing physical comedy that's just hilarious. Uh -huh. The way his jacket and the collar of his shirt are moving just has a very turtle-like quality that just gets me every time. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, and... Corey is very confident he's going to win. Uh -huh. um, I guess he's applied himself for the first time in his life, and he thinks it's going to take it's, him it's everywhere. Just, it's going to be the thing that does it. Um, and what happens, Cameron? Um, he blows it. Yes. There are some very complicated questions. I had no idea. We're going to give you all an education on some of these. Yes. So our first thing, we hear about the Yagans of Tierra del Fuego. So I do know where Tierra del Fuego uh -huh. is. Tierra del but... Fuego is a group of islands and archipelago that comes off of the southern tip of Chile and Argentina. Mm -hmm. So it's considered one of the southernmost people groups. Yep. Are the Yagans. See, I didn't live. know that. I knew it was one of the southernmost inhabitants. Yes, yeah, so there are areas. a few other groups that live there, but the Yagans are considered the southernmost people group mm -hmm. in the world. Okay. They're the main group of Tierra del Fuego. Yeah, and then we've got the two Motu archipelago. Uh -huh. I guess this is a very yes, archipelago. Yes, I didn't ever realize that till today okay. that it's not two TWO Emotus. It's oh. two Emotus, the two Emotus, T-U-A-M-O-T-U-S or whatever. Yeah. And it's, um, it's one of the longest archipelago chains yeah, it's in like the world. Yeah, it's like islands or something like that. Um, and it's owned by the French, as we hear. I don't believe it is still. It still is. I just looked. It, is it? I, yeah, as of today. They're, I know they're considered French Polynesian. I uh -huh. didn't know a French. Well, maybe. I know they're that. French Polynesian, but I don't know what they own. Yeah, I think it may have once been a French colony. I want to say in the mid-90s they got their independence from France. I could be wrong. Yeah, probably the banner-waving campaign of the girl who wins at the World Series. <laughs> uh, if I am wrong, uh, tweet at... The two of uh -huh. Yes. Let They're... them know. Tweet a, tweet someone. Tweet a friend. Let uh, them know about the two Motus. I did know that the two archipelago was a natively French-speaking country, uh -huh. uh, which I did not learn from geography class. I learned from French class because we talked about all of the... Places where they spoke French, probably. Yeah, where it's the primary language. Yes. It's the more primary language <clears throat> of more countries than any other. Also, Copra... Yes, I don't know this. Cobra is not copper. It is not metal. It is coconut. Like the coconut meat in particular. 
and from which you derive coconut oil. And I guess that is their, their primary, primary export because, again, it's tropical. So that would be something that you have. Um, Copra, also Black Pearls, so the number one maker of Disney movies about Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay. Uh, but no actual Black Pearls are the thing that they uh, are for. I'm so sorry that I made that joke. Uh, no, I thought it was a great joke. Anyway, so yeah, that's what's going on here. Um, but even mm-hmm. I didn't know most of that. I couldn't uh, especially at that age. Yeah, and so I knew about the two mo two archipelago. Um, I did not till today. This very day, I was today years old when I, I learned I, that it was not the two T W O. Emojis. I, I think I always did think it was talking about the people group, but it's actually talking about the islands. Uh-huh. Where do the islands belong to? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would call the people that live on the islands the two Emotus. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. Maybe there's different people groups that live there, too. We'll have to look that up. We probably won't. No. I'm going to forget all about it. But yeah, so we've got uh, the hardest geography bee for sixth graders ever and the biggest trophy for sixth graders ever. And so. geography bees ever. Yes. So I guess it works. Yes, the girls that play these two that win or do very well are just delightful. What a terrible prize, not having the Mercator projection. Oh, what even is a bat boy? Oh. Yes, what is that affectation they're using? They're just so fancy. It's just like, again, not leaning into the stereotypical nerd, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is kind of a fancy, like, look down your nose at Uh them. Yes, very snooty sort of nerd. Copra. What are the organs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I could talk like this all day. Apparently, I can't do that accent. I'm really bad at accents in general, but he's doing a good job. And yeah, it's a a strange affectation. Mm Mm-hmm. And Corey's just sitting there reciting all the stuff he learned. Mm-hmm. He obviously learned a lot. He always learned something. Just nothing about the two emotus or Copra or France. French. France. Yeah, or France or uh, uh, Tierra del Fuego. Most of anything outside of the U.S. He knows Kilimanjaro is the highest mountain in Africa. But that's the only non-America thing that we see him study. That's true. That's true. And then he... Classic bias, am I right? uh, Minkus is back to normal in the next scene. Thank goodness. We also have Alan and Amy coming home from the concert. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, Before that. Yeah. Skipping over this important B plot. Yeah, for some reason this plot didn't really resonate with me all that Uh much, but... Yeah, it's definitely secondary. I think that the A plot is so strong Yeah, that it's fine to forget about it. And it was, I mean, it's Eric's first plot. Like, it's his first, mm-hmm. like, this is my thing, not mm-hmm. just a piece of Corey's world. So right. that's nice. Uh-huh. So they come back from the concert. Turns out Alan and Amy were there having the time of their lives, dancing in the aisles. Eric is appalled by this. His date Thinks it's um, wonderful. He's appalled by what they're wearing first. And uh-huh. that, they're wearing actually some pretty normal stuff. His shirt is what everyone should be appalled <laughs> by. Yes, Corey and Eric both make some very questionable fashion choices. Alan and Amy are wearing just like denim. denim Alan's got a tie-dye jackets. shirt on. And Amy's got like a Fla- denim floral, like, print floral print with a vest. Looking pretty timeless. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Modern what... timeless, not like, you know, 1800s. Not going to work. Yeah. But. Eric's whining the whole time about his parents ruining his date. Uh-huh. Why do I have to have the cool parents? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no way he gets a second date. No. <laughs> no way that girl but is I don't know why she even, when he's like, oh, my parents left us alone on the couch. Like, why does she even care? He's a whiny baby. <laughs> yeah, he has done nothing but be a pain in the butt. I guess maybe she thinks she owes it to him because he paid for tickets. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. She seemed very nice. 
Yeah, she like, seemed very together. Uh huh. Just like a kind person. I think your parents are so cool, kind of adorable, the things that they were doing, and Eric's just having none of it. Should we be concerned that Amy and Alan did not give a crap about this boy's geography B? <laughs> <laughs> they did help him study. Uh, who knows? They were at an Aerosmith concert. Yeah, sorry, Corey. Backstage at an Aerosmith concert. I mean, I would rather go. I would rather go to an Aerosmith concert than a Geography B any day. But I mean, he, the, he is their in. son. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. It's it's a weird choice to have them like not even know the outcome. Uh huh. Or maybe they found out before they went to the concert. Maybe they already dealt with that off screen. It definitely seems like they're learning about it for the first time. I guess that's true. But. but so anyway, we cut to the next day. Minkus is back to normal. Corey realizes if Minkus would have been the one to do it, Mr. Feeney would have gotten his prize. And I think he feels bad. Yeah. He's I like, he does. I was clearly not the one cut out for this. Minkus would have been the one to win. Um, but he has a wonderful moment with Mr. Feeney. Yeah. After this. I will say right now, I think Minkus is MVP of this episode. I think every scene that he's mm-hmm. in. Just steals it when he comes in with his 90s fashion with his humongous pants. Yep. And he's going to go watch again. <clears throat> Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. The crowd cheers. Yes. I guess. That's that's the 90s for you. Yeah. Just they, big Beavis and Butthead fans. They are big, just very into Beavis and Butthead. Um, and Minkus, uh, I, yeah, I think he just steals every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when he recites the, well, exceptional people get bombardment th- balls thrown at their head. Uh-huh. And normal guys do the throwing. Yes. <laughs> and even after that's done where he realizes... The error of his ways, and Mr. Feeney says, well, you don't really know a person until you've walked him out in their humongous pants. Yep. Which is just a delight. Which um, is great. Um, and then as Minkus is explaining that he wants to be normal, like, or he wants to be himself again, not necessarily normal. His normal. Minkus normal. Uh, Corey's like, hey, who owns the two MO2s? France. He just knows, and that just makes Corey feel even worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, but then he has the moment with Mr. Feeney, which I have to say, first tears for me of this watching through is the scene it gets me every time. This is going to be part of the Boy Meets World Fever drinking game. Every time Cameron cries, take a drink. And it's not he- going to happen all that much. I don't know. Those those later seasons get pretty emotional. <laughs> I have to say, but I'm yes, pretty unaffected is, by it. What is but your... just as Mr. Feeney's talking about how you know Corey's really pushed himself, and even though he didn't win, like he's done the best that he possibly could, and like he really let Mr. Feeney teach him, and he learned, and he grew, and then he takes his paper, shows him he's got an A, and then he takes it up where his other five plaques are, and like. Tax it up to the board. Again, a violation of FERPA, but that's neither here nor there. I'm coming around on you, Mr. Feeney. And he just says, we won. Like, this is we have won. I got through to you as a student, taught you something, and you learned and pushed yourself and grew as a person. That is the victory, more than getting some plaque. I feel like that's, like, I just relate to that so well. Well, you are a teacher. That's true. But it's, it's just the moment where the clouds part and the sun shines through and a student finally understands something. It's just, it's worth it. That's nice. what's worth it. That's a payday. I love it. That's great. I'm glad you emotionally resonated with that. Chance didn't. I mean, I thought it, it was a nice moment. doesn't emotionally resonate with much. That's true. Um, so yeah, uh, that's uh, before the stinger at the end, whatever that's called. He tacks it up there. And Corey, like, puts out his hand tag. for a five. Ooh, tag. Yes. Uh, Corey puts out his hand for a five. And Mr. Feeney very reluctantly yeah, just, slaps him five. And... It's, it's a great moment. Wonderful. Yeah. And then we have the tag where the girl runs with the banner saying, free the Tuamotus. And then they talk like, Tuamotus, what's that? Where are they? It was like, I guess they're in France. 
Yeah. It's like, get France out of the two emotus. That's yeah, right. get France out of the two emotus. Well, where is that? I guess they're in France. Uh, and then they say, I always thought the two emotus were the native people of Tierra, Tierra. de Fuego. <laughs> That's the Yagans. <laughs> Which is absolutely absurd, <laughs> but it's fun. And Corey's just watching all of this just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, um, so he's watching that, thinking, "Oh my goodness, everyone knows everyone more knows about these it. things, but me. Everyone knows these things, but me." Reinforcing that Corey understands nothing again. Uh-huh. That thesis statement from the first episode. Yeah, I don't understand anything about my life. Yeah, it's a it's a funny moment for uh-huh. sure. Okay, so are you doing ratings? Uh, yeah, let's do ratings. Okay, you go first this time. Um, I think this is a strong episode. I think the jokes really land. I'm not really all that invested in any single storyline all that much. I mean, Corey's a little bit. To be honest, I'm mostly, I, w- I wish we could spend more time with Minkus's self-discovery. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm not invested in any of the storylines too much. Uh, Sean is back to not being Sean and not really having a personality, which is kind of a bummer. I'm pretty sure that these were aired out of order mm-hmm. because we've got the same... And Topanga's gone again. Yeah, Topanga's gone again. The same third friend from two episodes ago. Um, the black kid. Sorry. From the, on the that's fence. How He's I have never to, named. Yeah, sorry. That's how I have to describe him. He's wearing the same shirt, too. Yeah. So it's that kid again. Um, I'm just pretty sure these... I feel like um, Cora's alternative friends feels like such a step forward. And this feels kind of like a step back. Um, not a bad step back. Still very enjoyable. I feel like the jokes land really well. But I'm going to give it a 7.5. Hmm. I think it's definitely pretty good. But not near the best episodes we've seen so far. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. Because I think this is one of my favorite episodes. Oh. I think for the punch at the end, just really gets me fired up. It just hits me where I live. Um, I just love the entire relationship of Mr. Feeney and Corey. And then we also have the relationship of Mr. Feeney with Eric in later episodes. But I just love any time that that's played up. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're interacting in a really positive, good way. So I actually, this was my highest that I've rated one. I gave this one a 9. Oh. I this is hard math because a 7. 7.5 and a 9 is, what's that, 8.25? Yeah, I think so, right? Maybe? I think so, yes. Okay. 7.5 or 0.75 from each. Well, this is our highest rated episode. I did it! Um, because of your 9. I think the other the other closest are two eights. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is our highest rated episode. I still really like it. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is where the, the early quote-unquote rivalry between Mr. Feeney and Corey kind of breaks down. Yeah, it and it softens becomes, for sure. Becomes a uh, teacher-student. Um, and I love all that. I was actually going to give it a 6.5 before the ending. But the ending with Corey's paper going up on the board mm-hmm. a FERPA violation by the way and <laughs> um the the tag at the end uh-huh. both are very funny um and yeah they they elevated the episode a whole point for me i, I liked them mm-hmm. that much yes what i'm a big fan would you name the episode i have a thought but i want to know your thought first boy meets globe Ooh, that is good i was gonna say boy meets tuamotus <laughs> <laughs> boy meets the tuamotus <laughs> boy meets Boy meets geography, boy meets globe probably is uh-huh. a little better. But two emojis is a very good joke. But I, I think boy meets globe works because it's one a play on boy meets world. Yeah. But referring more to geography. Yeah. So that's what I would call it. Boy meets globe. We'll go with boy meets globe. Alternative title: boy meets two emojis. <laughs> and copra. And copra. And a mercator projection pull down map. 
So before we do the final everything, I want to ask a question. Uh-huh. Was Sean, Ryder Strong, supposed to be Sean? Now, I did some research on Corey's alternative friends. Apparently, a third friend, probably the black kid, was actually supposed to have Sean's lines. Hmm. but was unavailable for this episode. So, spoiler warning, Sean doesn't have a sister after this episode. Um, we'll get to that as we get in, into the timeline. Oh, so but, this could be why. But, yeah, so apparently Sean's lines weren't supposed to be Sean's. So was someone else supposed to be the character named Sean? That's my question. I don't know. That makes sense. Um... I'm just looking here to see who that actor is so we can use his name. And he's going to come up again. Yeah, he comes up one more time, I think. Maybe more. We don't remember. Um, but yeah, so my question is, because I didn't know this. I just thought Sean was always meant to be Sean. But maybe Corey and Sean's relationship was supposed to be somewhat different up until this point. Because this whole scene was not supposed to be with Ryder Strong. Hmm, interesting. I am thinking this is... Dewan Guy. His picture's not there, so I can't tell for sure. But it does list him credited in the other episode of Boy Meets World that he's in, and on the fence. But yeah, he wasn't in a whole lot of other things, so I don't know. I don't know if he was meant to be, which would explain why Stacy never appears again, because they sub Sean in. Yeah. Or Dewan, it says his name is, his character name here is Ellis, which again, we don't ever encounter him. But that's Ellis. Yeah. Is who he is in the show. Okay, Ellis. Yeah, I, I just think... It's such an interesting idea if Sean wasn't supposed to be the character in mm-hmm. that scene. But they like filmed some episodes, liked the chemistry or whatever, and then put him in the credits. Which is why he's not even named still, but he still made it in the opening credits. Yeah, I mean, that's my that's my question. It's such an interesting idea that maybe Sean was an accident. Hmm, interesting. Well, maybe if we get big enough, we can have Ryder Strong on. <clears throat> we'll ask him about it. And we'll ask him about it. Tweet at us, Ryder. We know you're out there. Or, you listeners, tweet at Ryder Strong. There, he'll get like four tweets. He won't even notice. But <laughs> Not even a blip on his radar. No. Probably. I don't know what he's up to these days. Uh, no. The last thing I remember him was in that TV show with Re- Rebecca Romaine. I don't know. Well, I guess the last thing I remember him is Girl, Girl Meets World. World. But he was a cameraman in a show with Rebecca Romaine that I only watched because he was a main character and I forgot what it was called. No idea. Um, Ugly Betty's the only show I can think of with Rebecca Romaine in it. And he wasn't in that one. No. I'd remember that. Because Rebecca the Romaine's the main character. I don't even really remember what... Maybe she's a news anchor? It's been a long time. It was no a CW idea. show. If you know what it is, tweet at us. So we don't have Google. Yeah, we don't have Google. I can't look at <laughs> the show that writer's All right, so we do have our time. One thing on our timeline is confirmed. Oh, In this episode, as they're talking about Aerosmith, they tell Eric this is his second Aerosmith concert. In 1978, he was in utero at Aerosmith's concert. Nice use of in utero. Thank you. Which would put him at about 15, like we confirmed. We don't know when in the year that was, but 93 to 78, which is when he was there, that's 15 years. So probably about 15 years old at this point. We should get a confirmation. That means Eric's exactly 10 years older than us. Interesting. It's weird to think about. Um, and he's what? So he's 15, Corey's 11. 11. So that makes Corey six years older than us. Yes. At this point. That's the math. But. Uh, In real life. So yeah, I think that's the only thing on the timeline for this uh-huh. one. It doesn't add anything else. Just confirms what we already suspected. Yeah. No one, no one important enough to put on a timeline is in this episode. Mm-hmm. 
We don't learn about... Poor Ellis. Poor Ellis. Um, we don't learn anything extra about Mr. Feeney, except maybe he is a good teacher. Maybe. Verdict's still out, but I'm coming around on him. We don't have a question for this episode. What's a good What's a good question for the listeners at home to... Uh, what's a good question for the listeners at home to share with us? Um, their favorite first geography big, back, fact? First big concert. Ooh, first big concert. What was yours again? Just things like the Baptist Symphony Orchestra of Oklahoma. What was your first big concert people have heard of? Coldplay? Oh, well, yeah, that's one. I guess people have heard of Coldplay. You ever uh, heard of Coldplay? Yeah. Mine really was an outdoor concert in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the hometown of Hanson. It was a Hanson concert. Ooh, ooh. Uh, really, if you haven't listened to Hanson in the last 10 years, you really would be doing yourself a treat. They're great. Yes, yeah, so check them out. Hanson, get at us. Come on the that, show. That advertising we just gave you. Um, Sponsored by Hanson. Yes, but thank you guys so much for listening. Do you want to take us out? Um, yeah. Well, real quick, we'll give our email address and oh, good, good idea. and Twitter again. Tweet at us at uh, BG World Fever and uh, BG World Fever at gmail.com. Uh, those things are in existence right now. We are not actively using them, but mm-hmm. by the but time by the time this, this is out, we will be. Yeah, but t- by the time this is out, we will be. Um, we plan to only follow ourselves and the cast. Probably the cast of Boy Meets World. I think they're all they're all on out Twitter. there. Probably. Uh, Daniel Fischel is pretty uh, active on Instagram, uh, so that's very interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll be at uh, at BG World Fever on those two platforms. I don't know if we're gonna do an Instagram or anything. I like don't that. really see a reason. No one wants to look at us. Well, I was more thinking just posting like no, no, they would, would be looking at us. Oh, okay. That's what Instagram is. It's for pretty people. <laughs> it's for it's just for selfies. That's and that's it. not us. Just so you know, um, we have more radio voices than radio faces. It's true. You might be seeing caricatures of us in our logo, and that's the close you really need to be. Yeah, don't worry about it. But yes, yes you can get in contact with us there, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, leave us reviews on different podcasting platforms the most important one being apple music um we'll probably do something special for people who leave us reviews one podcast i listen to donates a dollar to charity for everyone we probably can't do that yeah we're pretty poor <laughs> but um yeah he's a teacher. we're both really sean in that respect um but yeah we'll probably try to do something i know another podcast who wrapped all the names we'll probably come up with our own thing probably won't do the wrapping either just gonna put it out there yeah well i'm just i'm these are examples of things I'm thinking. for example we will do something you will we, have our eternal gratitude you will have our eternal gratitude and we will say your name in some form or fashion on this podcast say my name say my name that's all i'm gonna sing because I don't want to pay money for that song. <laughs> that's that's not how podcasts work yet. But so yeah, uh, tweet at us, email us, um, leave us reviews. I think that is it. Um, I think this is probably the last one we'll uh, we'll record before the first one goes up. There might be one more. We're still not a hundred percent sure on the time, but we're really but hoping that you it's already up. know because this one won't be going out first. That's true. That's true. So please get at us. Answer some of the questions. First big concert chips you'd put on a sandwich. Uh-huh. We'll you... put all these on Twitter when we release the episode, so you'll be able to engage with them that way if you choose, or if anyone listens, which is. In question. Still unlikely. Well, we do have a friend who's actually watching through now because he because wants to listen. Us. So a, He's a good friend. He is a good friend. He used to live in the same town and then he abandoned us, but we still love he's him. He's a bad friend. Just so, kidding. We love you. Well, and I think that's going to be all for this week. I'm Chance. And I'm Cameron. And this has been Boy Meets World Fever. Bye. Bye. So long, world. So long, world. That's it.